Hallo allemaal en welkom of welkom terug bij Dr. Dijs Stellenbos se podcast. Aan die einde van hierdie episode, neem asjeblief een oomlik om te subscribe aan ons YouTube kanaal en ons ander sociale media platforms, zodat so jij jy op datum kan bly met wat aangaan hier by Dr. Dijs Stellenbos en ook die inhoud makkelijk met ander kan deel. Maar meer belangrijk, ek vertrou dat die volgende boodskap jou sal inspireer om die volgende tree te vat in jou geloofsjourney. Geniet het. Being joining me, uh, if it was just me and JT, that would have been quite depressing. Uh, but because of your spaces, uh, and I, if you yawn a little bit, I understand. Don't worry about that at all. This morning, I would love to talk to you and share with you about the importance of something that I've struggled with all my life, and that is humility. I don't know why it's been such a struggle for me. Uh, I can guess uh, there, I'm a very small guy, so uh, even when I was a little boy, I had to really fight for every little thing and pretend that I was somebody bigger than who I really was. Um, I was a firstborn, and I'm always, always taking care of my three little sisters, and I would be very proud and, and you know, defend them whenever I could. But there are always things in my life where I face issues of humility. Now, humility is thinking nothing more or nothing less than who you really are. So when you decide and you understand who your real identity is in Christ, it's thinking nothing more or nothing less than who you are. That's humility. And so this morning, I would like to take a look at a gentleman named Peter, who you're very familiar with, I know. And I want to take a look at this first verse that we're going to have up here on the screen. He writes this, this, these couple of verses when he's 65 years old. Now, I just happen to be 65 years old. And... I'm looking back on my life and the struggles that I had with humility. I don't know if I had Peter's track record of always putting my foot in my mouth and always, you know, getting in trouble, always, you know, not known for my humility, that I look back and 60, at 65 whether or not I could write this, but I hope I, I really could, but it says this. All of you, how many does that include? I think that includes all of us. Clothe yourselves. Now, um, this morning, I had to choose the clothes to wear. I know that some of you have already taken some mental notes of how well he's prepared, you know, clothe myself or whether or not I have. I always have to check my buttons and making sure that everything, I'm, you know. And you have to be very intentional, as I was this morning, as to... What am I going to put on? How am I going to clothe myself? All of you clothe yourselves. Wait a minute. That means that yourselves, that means that I'm not going to rely upon JT every Sunday to put humility on for me. That means that I'm not going to rely upon my husband or my wife or my children. 
Oh, clothe yourselves. That's pretty interesting because there have been plenty of times in the Bible where it says, do it together. You know, rely upon... Humility is one of the very few things in God's Word where it says, you yourself do it. Like, buck up. Take on the responsibility that you have to humble yourself. So, this is fascinating. So, again, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. So that would be interesting for me to go back and sit down with my wife, Sharon, of 42 years. And just occasionally, maybe we go on a date and maybe it's once a year, maybe it's once a month, but how am I doing on the humility thing towards you, Sharon? How am I doing toward my children who, as a parent of adult children, I have new challenges. I thought that once I'm done with the teenage years, I'm done as a parent. I am more concerned and worried and on my knees praying for my adult children than I ever was with young children, with teenage children. The choices that my adult children are making now are far more grievous, far more impactful than ever. And I see some of the older ones here in this room kind of smiling like, yes, I understand I understand. Please understand this. God opposes the proud, but shows what? Favor to the humble. So just in case we didn't get it, he closes out by saying, so humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. How does a guy like Peter, who was not known for his humility as a young man at 65 years old, can look back on his life and say to others, you do it? I believe it's because Peter actually took the time to do it. And he took steps toward humility. And what I want to do is take a look at the steps that you take to become humble. And I think the very first thing he did was to reflect on an example of humility, and that, of course, was Jesus. Now, I'd like to show you a chart up here on the screen. And it's, we know about the Jesus journey. I mean, here's my little rendition of it. 30 years of preparing now, just imagine that. Instead of Jesus coming down for three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, doing the dying thing on Friday, doing, being in the grave Saturday, and just rising again from the grave on Sunday, instead of doing three days, and then, phew, done, gone, back up to heaven, I did my salvation thing, my redemption thing, feeling good. No, no, no. He decides not to spend three days, but 33 years. And he comes to what to model how to do life. 
He wants to be an example, a model, so that you can buy into it and believe it and understand it. And so he chooses to come for 33 years. And wait a minute, 30 of those 33 years is in quiet preparation? I mean, if I was God, and if I could be capable of doing all sorts of marvelous things, I would think that you would want to get going right away with that. But no, he wants to model how to be a humble person. Quiet preparation. You know what I'm talking about. You're t I'm talking about those times in your life when you're working really hard for maybe not 30 years, but maybe 30 days. Maybe it's been 30 weeks, and no one at work notices. Or maybe it's been 30 months of being a mom at home, and no one notices. It's quiet. There's no records being, you know, you're going to the Bible. Hey, show me all the stories about Jesus in the first 30 years. There's only one or two besides the birth. There's only really one when he's a teenage boy. There's nothing written about the preparation period. It's quiet. It's humble. But you go through it. Why? Because he is going to be doing some life-changing, life-altering things in his life because he has embedded humility in his life. And how do you do it? You just accept and embrace preparation. You embrace it. We notice that three years of, uh, of training, Peter does that extremely well as far as following Jesus all along the way. And then where I want to show you there is this transition period. Jesus turns to Peter and says to him, who do people say that I am? And they'd say, Christ, the Son of the living God. Who do you say? Yes, you are Christ. And then Jesus turns to Peter and says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem to suffer and die. And Peter says, no, don't go, don't, don't go to Jerusalem. And he says, get behind me, Satan. And he says, you must learn what it means to, to die to yourself. And what happens at year three, for the very first time, Peter is going to be faced with what I just call the wall. He hits a wall. It's like he's walking really fast, and he's, he's doing life really fast. I'm going to go right in front of this. I hope it doesn't And all of a sudden, boom. Wow. I just got hit with a, I just walked into a wall. You know the times in your life when you've been going really fast, and all of a sudden, boom. Like, I should have seen that. I should have seen it, but I was just going too fast. I had my head around looking at all sorts of different things. Boom. Ah. For the last 25 years, I've been working with leaders all around the world, and I'm amazed at how many very smart men and women actually hit walls every three years or so. They just get going and going and going, and boom. You don't have to be a leader to know this. You just have to be a human being. You know, after three years of marriage, you're going and 
boom. You know, after three years of having a really good friend and hit a wall and boom. And it's amazing how often we as human beings are faced with something and says, your best friend, your wife, your husband says in so many words, you've got to die to that stuff. Whatever your junk is, you've got to die to that. And this is what happens every three years or so. And this is what's happening with Peter right now. He is told to, by Jesus, you've got to die to yourself. And the book of Matthew's, uh, book of Luke says you've got to die daily. And this is fascinating. What happens is that the Bible says seven days later, after Jesus says you've got to die to stuff, Jesus takes him up to a mountain, and all of a sudden, there is Moses and Elijah. And the Bible says, and he opens up his, Jesus opens up, and it was transparent with them. The first thing that I want to suggest to you is this, is that the steps to humility is to form a little circle. And this is the first time in Scripture where Peter is faced with the stuff, you know what, I've, I walked into a wall, Jesus puts it right in front of me, says, you've got to die to that junk in your life. Just stop for a moment. Identify something quietly to yourself. Identify a piece of junk in you. What is it? Think about it. Probably don't have to think about it too long. Your spouse, your best friend, your mother, your father, someone has mentioned it to you, and it's still there. Are you ready to take steps to humility? Three things I'm going to suggest. Here's the first thing, and that is form a circle in your life. This is the first time that Jesus actually goes from 12 disciples to three. And Jesus is not going to be transparent with 12, but he is going to be transparent with three. So how do people become humble? They form a little circle like I do on Sunday mornings, and it'll be 2 o'clock this afternoon when I get on to a Zoom call with my friends from the, from the States. I have several guys that I meet with every Sunday morning. And we have a little circle. And they know my junk. And they're going to ask me after this trip, so how'd it go? And then they'll say, how did it really go? And I am transparent with them. I'm not going to do it in front of you. I'm not going to do it in front of 12 people. But I am going to do it with my, my guys. Just a couple of us. And Jesus is modeling, saying, one week after I challenge you to get, die to yourself, I'm going to take you up to an offside, a mountain, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to open myself up, and I'm going to allow one or two or three people in my life, to. I'm going to be transparent with them. And that's what happens. How about for you? Are you really being transparent with a couple of key people in your life? 
Well, now, Jesus gets done. And after he gets done, they're walking down the mountain. And he turns to these guys and says, don't you, and this is literally what it says, don't you tell anyone what happened up here. See, that's the type of accountability and transparency. When you're transparent, you can trust these people. Jesus literally says to them, don't you tell anyone what happened up here. This is between us. Okay. Now, I mentioned to you that this is the first time that he goes from 12 disciples to three. What are the other nine doing? The other nine disciples, they're down at the bottom of the hill, down at the bottom of the mountain. Now, if you've been hanging out with a group of 12 people for three years, and all of a sudden the boss takes three of you up on a mountain and has a nice little retreat with you for the weekend, and then you come back, could there be any problems along the way? Well, this is what happens. The Bible says that they took a journey to Capernaum, and it took not just one day, not just two days, not just three days, but it took an entire week for them to walk from the mountain to where Capernaum is. Now, my guess is that there is a little issues that are going on, conversations that are being had, and you're right, exactly what happened. The Bible says this is the first time where the Bible says, and the disciples argued with one another as to what? Who is going to be the greatest? You see, the three guys have been up on the, on the mountain with, with the boss, and now they're probably thinking, <laughs> we're not going to say anything that happened up here, but hey, you know, I got status now. And the others are, and so there's all sorts of bickering going on. And Jesus says, so what were you guys just talking about for this past week as we came? Ah, I know what you're, you're talking about. He's going to be the greatest. And so he says, I'm going to, let me bring up a child. Now, um, there are three examples, there are three terms that are used for a child. One is for an infant. I see an infant right there. Can you stand up for just a second and just stay standing for a second? Uh, do we have a little toddler back? Yeah, right there in the back, there's a toddler. How old is she? 31 months. Okay. What? 21. Okay, 21 months. And let's see, who's the closest one to a teenager here? Uh, okay, so you can stand right there. All right, all right. So Jesus brings one of these up to and sits, puts a child on it. The Bible says that he puts a child on its lap. Who thinks that Jesus is talking about the first child here, the really young child? Raise of hands. Okay, yeah, all right, very good. Who thinks it would be like the toddler in the, in the second? Raise your hand, okay. And then the teenager. Raise your hand, okay, thank you. You all may have a seat, and thank you very much for taking that risk with me. <laughs> Jesus sits down, and he calls up right here. I'll show it to you on the screen. A toddler. This is Teddy. This is my fourth grandchild. Now, that picture tells you a lot about Teddy. His eyes are wide open. 
He has a ball in his hands. I'm trying to teach him how to love my New York Giants. <laughs> Teddy doesn't care about status. He's never asked me, so Pop Pop, are you the global uh, ambassador and founder of LifeWork Leadership? He doesn't care one. I, oh, you're in, I, you know, I showed him a little picture yesterday of where I was in Gordon's Bay. He didn't even blink at it. What does Teddy care about? When I put Teddy on my knee, when I visit him in Boston, he says, can we play pop-up? Can we play pop-up? Can we play pop-up? Teddy doesn't care at all about ambition. He has no plans for tomorrow. He doesn't even remember what happened yesterday. All he is focused in right now is right now. Right now. He's fully present now. One of the steps toward humility is deciding not to be ambitious. Just to be fully present now. Jesus says, if you want to become the greatest in the kingdom, you need to become like a child. Not like an infant. Not like a teenager. Like this kind of two or three-year-old. Be fully present. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough concerns of its own. So that's the second step toward humility. And then the third step is the cloth. You, you remember the cloth, don't you? It was after being on the mountain and being in the circle, and it was after having the child that it was just four months later. He came face to face with the cloth. And they're at a table. It's the Last Supper. And Jesus gets out the towel. And he starts to wash Peter's feet. And Peter says, no, don't you. This is embarrassing. You don't wash. Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you can have no part with me. I want to model what it means to be humble picking up the towel. Now, what does that look like for you? I know what it looks like for me. Right now, I have a 94-year-old dad who has Alzheimer's. And um, I have to get a towel and wash him at times. And it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. Um, it's just not washing his feet. It's just washing him totally. And um, um, I'm just reminded that picking up a towel is um, it's a pretty important thing. It can be even really practical 
where um, Sharon's in the kitchen and I'm watching a good football game and um, I could pick up a towel and, and dry some dishes. There's other ways in which you can pick up a towel. But this man has struggled with humility. So what I need to do is clothe myself in this moment. Clothe myself with humility. I'm going to pick up a towel. And I'm going to do something for Sharon or do something for a good friend or whatever it may be. But I have to be intentional. And so these are the steps to humility. Let's read that verse one more time in closing. It says this, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. For me, I'll share one closing thought regarding humility. Twenty-five years ago, I was doing a church plant much like you're experiencing here in here in Stellenbosch, I was doing it in the New York metropolitan area. And after 10 years, we had, saw a church in a very tough area of, of the world, never mind just our country, the New York metropolitan area, who very skeptical and very hard people. Had a church that was thriving, hundreds and hundreds of people coming. And I sat down at a board meeting. Again, you know, it was somewhat like this, but a little larger. And one of the board members turned to me and said, Steve, we think your time here at the church is done. <laughs> and I thought, you think my time is done? I'm thinking to myself, your time is done. I'm the one who started this. I'm the one, you know, and so all these things, this is my, ch no, Steve, catch yourself. This is not you. This is all about me. I went through a difficult time with my wife of saying, this is God's church, this is not mine. They wanted us to go because I believed in team approach to things. They wanted some uh, all-star to do the pastor work, the uh, pastoring, and they wanted me to be the only one who teaches, the only one who does everything. They wanted strictly just me to do everything, and I had a more of a team approach of things. And they just couldn't buy into it. And so after 10 years and hundreds of people decided that we would leave quietly. And the church went on and did just fine for quite a while. But I, I struggled. So much of my identity was wrapped up in being a pastor. And for a year and a half, I was being humbled. And I got to the point where I realized I need to be satisfied with Jesus and Jesus only. And I remember lying down on the 
cold tile of my bathroom floor one morning, just weeping and saying, God, I am just finished being full of myself. Empty me, Lord. I'm going forward. I don't need a title. I just need you. And two weeks later, after that full surrender to him, I had an opportunity to to be given the chance to interview for a position with LifeWork Leadership. And there, I took a look at the job description with my wife, and I just pushed the job description over to Sharon, and she says, you're not going to apply for the job, are you? I said, no. She said, it's because you've been rejected for the last year and a half, right? Yeah. She says, pushed it back to me, and she said, if that's not you, I want to meet the person who it is. Think nothing more or nothing less than who I really am. I'm a little bit more than what I think I am right now. I need to get to the place of humility. I need to know who I am in Christ. All right, I'm going to apply for that job. And ladies and gentlemen, for the last 25 years, my life has been so so fruitful, such a joy, as I've gotten a chance to impact leaders all around the world. Why? Because I had a season of running into a wall and just facing the steps that I need to take toward humility. So, a 65-year-old man can write that And this 65-year-old man is seeking to live it. And I encourage you to do so as well. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Now, Lord, I just pray that it would help us to get really honest with ourselves. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for the last minute now, You recall that one thing, that several things that you have identified as being junk in your life? The issues and the battles with humility that you have? Why don't you now, instead of running into a wall one day, why not just say to the Lord quietly in a prayer, Oh Lord, I recognize the steps I need to take toward humility. Please help me to find a circle of accountability. Lord, please help me to become like a child. Lord, help me to pick up a cloth. God, help me to take steps toward humility. Clothe myself. And Lord, I pray that you would Grant your favor upon me as a result. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Weer eens dankie dat jy geluister het. As jy in die bos of in die omliggende omgeving bly, sal het so lekker wees om jy by een van ons zondagdienste te sien. Vir aanwysings, diensttuie en inlichting oor ons kinder en studente bediening, besoek ons by doksedaio.org slash stellenbos. Dis doksedaio.org slash stellenbos.